Fabitorex Musicology and the Carolina Kid Podcast Network, where music nerdery is served with a side of ratchet. I'm your host, That Boy Cool. This episode is brought to you by Toe Jam and Pussy Bacon. Subscribe to the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired and its other spawn anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Following the Rod and Karen doctrine, leave a nice five star review on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts, and I'll read it on the show. What's up, niggas? Um, so today we have a rather extensive dive into the duo that is run the jewels um one of the most unlikely pairings in hip-hop to become one of the most iconic duos in hip-hop in such a short period um so in this episode of fab and Tim rex musicology i'm going to be reviewing rtj4 which is their latest effort together as run run the jewels now i am going to do a a a, a lot of biographical information and, and and how basically some background on lp background on killer mike and background on how run the jewels met how i started listening to run the jewels why i had a ban on run the jewels at one point where i was like not listening to them at all it's a really good reason stay tuned and I will review the album afterwards. Buckle up, nigga. All right, so, so um, I kind of want to get into LP's background. Um, LP to me is more of the underground of the two. But what's funny is both of these guys are extremely underground. You know, LP was born Jamie Moline in 1975. He grew up in Brooklyn and realized early on he wanted to pursue music full time. After being expelled from high school, he enrolled in a music engineering program at an alternate in an alternate learning facility. And by 1992, he'd formed Company Flow with Mr. Lin, working as El Producto, LP, developed a strong reputation with his production and lyrical prowess for Company Flow. In the latter part of the 90s, LP was a collaborator with Black Alicious, Most Deaf, and Dilated Peoples. Deaf basically basically fucking raucous <laughs> raucous death jux all that grimy ass shit um in 2001 after releasing one one last album with harlem rappers cannibal ox the group chose to am- amicably pursue their own directions lp then started his own label death jux later renamed definitive jux to avoid a suit from death jam 
between label operations and work on a proposed solo album from former Rage Against the Machine frontman Zach De La Roca. I love me some Zach De La Roca. He found the time to work on his own solo release, Fantastic Damage, which saw the light of day in May 2002. A critical masterpiece. It was followed by a real changeup, 2000's High Water, which was part of the Matthew Ship curated blues series and teamed the producer with Ship, William Parker, and others from the fringe of jazz. Man, when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you, LP is one of those um, super underground but yet a very eclectic um, spitters and producers. And it's funny how his production has changed so much over the time. Like by the time we got the by the time we got to run the jewels, it was not the same LP. It was not the same LP that we once knew. It, it was it was a different person. <laughs> so um, let's let's get a little bit more into Killer Mike's background. Um, so Killer Mike, Killer Mike, um, born Michael Render. <laughs> um, he actually has a short bio from all music, but I know what I fucking know. First verse I heard from Killer Mike was uh from fucking snapping and trapping off of um the 2000 album, yeah, like Stank on You from Outkast, man. Dungeon Family member, okay? Um he actually came out with a song called All Day I Dream About Sex in 2003. Um, he debuted two years earlier on The Whole World from the Greatest Hits, Big Boy and Dre Presents Outkast album, which I have personally. I bumped that till it skipped <laughs> because it was basically a Greatest Hits album with some new fire-ass songs on it. Um, after signing to Columbia, his first single, All Day I Dream About Sex, um, Adidas, as we, as we know it, hit the pop charts in, in March 2003, and the subsequent album, Monster, debuted in the top 10. That album was fucking fire. Y'all should go back and listen to it. If you like Killer Mike, you need to go back and listen to Monster, because I know niggas slept heavily on that album. In 2006, he released the first volume to his mixtapes, I Pledge Allegiance to the Grind. Two years later, he released the second volume, um, appeared, and then in 2011, the series graduated to above ground status when the third volume pledge landed on the smc label let me tell y'all something man the pledge two i pledge allegiance to the grind pledge three was where this nigga was like all right if don't nobody paying if ain't nobody paying attention to killer mike now y'all losing y'all motherfucking mind i will burn this mother fucker down if y'all know that song props <laughs> that means y'all some real killer mike fans anyway so um his 2012 effort rap music rap rap music landed on the william street label and was produced exclusively by the adventurous beat maker lp now you're like well, well damn so there was a if, if y'all weren't really familiar because honestly a lot of um a lot of the fan base might not really be familiar with that um so I literally have a physical copy of R.A.P. Rap Music, that album, which is like, oh shit, this is going to be something, right? When you listen to it, you was like, man, they work really well together. Um, <laughs> LP raps a lot, so what, what are we doing? Like, it's just no, it was just killer mic throughout that whole album, right? It was a, it was a, it was like a Run the Jewels album with no Jamie. 
You know what I'm saying? You need Jamie and Mike. That was a run the jewels album with no Jamie. <laughs> and and that album was great, by the way. I still think it's a great album. Um, but when you listen to a run the jewels album, it blows it like it blows that album out of the water. It it does. R.A.P. Rap music was a good by the way r.a.p rap music stands for rebellious african people's music which come on now anyway um so yeah that album was so critically acclaimed at the time i was like man i'm listening i'm listening to it like non-stop like non-stop i'm like yo he sounds amazing over like lp production this is crazy like i'm a person who is like really out there hip-hop wise right but I love both of them, right? I loved both of them, but I never thought those two would ever be together in any capacity. It's just like, dude, this is a farce. How the fuck are we gonna get both of these niggas together? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like LP, who is like underground, really weird, eclectic production. Then you got Killer Mike, who is Dungeon Family, outcast, underground, because people fucking left him behind and left him to rot but he's out he was out here making hard ass shit <laughs> like ready set go go listen to ready set go hard shit okay anyway <clears throat> um yeah like it got to a point where i was like all right all right something's happening here something is happening here and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute and let's get to how run the jewels actually met so there's an article from red bull music academy and i think it really does a good job of kind of like compacting what what really happened so um kill it, it's basically this this is from lp's um purview by the way of how he met killer mike so he said killer mike and i met through someone that we both knew at adult swim on cartoon network i knew mike from the outcast songs of course and from some of the pledge three mixtapes um or some of the pledge mixtapes um and he knew me from company flow um and he knew the name def jux but he was open and they flew me out i went to atlanta and we sat in the studio together and after about a three hours <laughs> mike was just like so you're doing the whole album right and i was like no not at all man <laughs> and he was like all right cool so you're not doing the rest uh, so you're doing the record <laughs> wait a minute wait 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 wait, wait. all right cool so you're doing the record nigga <laughs> It's really hard to say no to Mike. He's like the cuddliest, smiliest bastard on the planet. <laughs> it's this weird relationship they have. It's just, it's, it's absolutely like off the wall to me. It's like two dudes that really don't get along, but they're like brothers. It's wild. I've been around for a minute working with other people and I've got, I've had a lot of experiences doing albums with different people. And when you get to be in your thirties, you don't really expect to be surprised anymore. You have to fight against getting, I don't want to say jaded, but the idea that collaborating with someone is predictable that you've done it you know there's only a few ways you can a few ways that it can go um you have categories in your head there's this difficult there's the difficult guy there's the guy who falls in love with the first shitty versions of the demo that, that you gave them and won't let you change it then there's the guy who thinks that he's producing and I'm just a mechanism for his ideas. You get to you get to a certain part in your life where you kind of figure, well, I've made or I've, I've made all of my friends, you know, 
um, you're not expecting at 35 to meet your best friend. That's fucking wild. <laughs> it's really hard to say no to Mike. He's scary on the record. But don't let that shit fool you. He's like the cuddliest, smiliest bastard on the planet. And so I said yes. And we went in and did rebellious African people's music. Mike had been doing amazing stuff throughout his career. And he'd, he'd come really close to kind of blowing up a couple of times. He was on the Bone Crushers Never Scared record. He was on The Whole World by Outkast. And that went platinum and he got a Grammy. And yet it didn't quite happen for him because he was doing his solo stuff. He ran into label troubles, different things. One of the records that inspired us when he started talking about talking to me about um, what he wanted out of their projects was Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted. <sighs> In retrospect, if you know anything about um, Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted views, I don't necessarily agree with the political nature of things. It's, you know, it's 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 it's. Different. It was. It was. It was. It was groundbreaking for what it did. Like not even politically, just just for how much shit he just said out there. Um. But anyway, when that record came out, Ice Cube was known for N.W.A. He was the quintessential West Coast artist, and Dr. Dre was God of the West Coast. The gods of the East Coast were the Bomb Squad, who produced Public Enemies records. So when Ice Cube had a falling out with the whole N.W.A. camp, he did a really surprising thing. He went east and worked with the Bomb Squad. Even though we look we look at it now as a classic record, all the time everybody thought it was crazy. At the time it didn't make sense to anybody. Me and Mike were like, that's what we can do. We can take people's expectations and flip. That's crazy. <laughs> and so I believe um what year? So um by surprise um, on June 23rd, actually June 26, 2013, um, Killer Mike and LP released the first Run the Jewels album. Because this was after Rebellious African People's Music. And I was like, yo, this is something. <laughs> this is amazing. Right? You just seem like, this is this is something different. <laughs> this, this is really something different. I'm like, LP rapping his ass off, Killer Mike rapping his ass off. I mean, political with it, like going in, going hard. Like I'm saying, like nigga. Then we get to me, my favorite Run the Jewels album, Run the Jewels Two, which is the follow up, which, which to me in 2014 was their best album. Um, just personally and. And their next album, which came in 2016, um, by the way, they did do a a, a offshoot of uh, Run the Jewels 2, which was Meow the Jewels, where it was like nothing but cat, cat sounds, nigga. For them to get away with that and actually still be fucking dope as shit. By the way, it had different producers on it. it had Dan Automator, had Just Blaze, had Jeff Barrow, had Blood Diamonds, had Boots, who I think was already on there. Prince Paul, Little Shalimar, Nick Hook, Zola Jesus fucking wild bro it was just it was cat sounds it was a completely it was actually a completely different album i was like nigga this is this is wild but they did it so you had run the jewels 3 which is their most well-rounded their most critically acclaimed album um to me um my favorite is still run the jewels 2 um but what we're going to review today is their most recent work 
RTJ4. And um, I, I really think that, you know, the two have tightened up on what they produced and created on, on Run the Jewels 3. And um, yeah, like the two, this duo has just been, at, I mean, they just killing niggas and killing niggas and killing. I mean, it's just, it's just so damn good. It's, it's just the strong production, the in-your-face lyricism. The, the, like, it is something that has never been this consistent. Like, to have four great, if not classic, albums back-to-back. Four. Four. Not, not one or two. Like, four. Four. It's not. It is entire. People don't go entire careers with a stretch like that. It's unprecedented with guys that sound so different, come from different backgrounds. You got a white guy from Brooklyn. You got a black dude from Atlanta. You know, it, it is just something you did not think would happen, but it happened. And it's dope as fuck. And on that note, we're going to get into the album soon. We're going to take a break before we do so, though. From the block, see them creeping through the fog. Season's greetings, the feeding season can start. Oh my God, look alive, looking like I live life on a crooked line. Doing fine, you want maximum stupid, I am the guy. First of all, fuck the fucking law, we is fucking raw. Stay top tall, oysters on the half jail, sushi bar. Life a bitch and the pussy feet, still fuck the wall. I'm a dog, I'm a dirty dog, ha 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 Oh dirty bastard, go in your jaw. Shimmy shimmy, y'all, got a simmy in the hemi. Go and gimme, gimme, y'all. Pugilistic, my linguistics are they ruler damn. Welcome back, Nick Nuggets. Anyway, so <laughs> before we get into this album, I want to get into this rating system because I know sometimes I've I've not necessarily said the whole thing. So the rating system is five tiers from terrible to great. So terrible being ass lint, bad being hot dog water, mad slash okay being milk toast, good meaning yeah hoes, great being broke the cowbell. If it breaks the cowbell, it's definitely album of the year. If it's Aslan, I'll never listen to it again. <laughs> and everything in between can be fused like a 4.5. Can be, yeah, them cowbells. Or a, you know, a 3.5 can be milk hoes. Because it's in between milk toast and yeah hoes. And anything lower than that, it's going to get a strict rating from me. There's no halfsies on them. But, um, yeah. Let's get into this motherfucker. So, um, RTJ4 was released earlier this year, um, in the summer. And I honestly, I had a situation, you know, um, yeah, let's get into it. So I had a ban on Run the Jewels and it wasn't really the group or duo as a whole. It was more of Killer Mike. And since Killer Mike pretty much only released music through Run the Jewels, um, there was a period of time where I was just like, yeah, um, Killer Mike, as y'all know, is a very political figure, especially in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Um, (sighs) Killer Mike has had some problematic views on things that has made me go like, yeah, I need to like step back. (laughs) Like, I need to really step back. And, um, you know, um, there was this whole situation where, 
um, Killer Mike was kind of part of the Bernie Sanders campaign. I was at the time. I was a. I was. I was feeling the burn at the time. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a progressive, but I was not like those Bernie Bros. Those those motherfuckers is crazy. Um, at the time, I was just like, yeah, I was feeling the whole Bernie thing. And you know, Killer Mike said some real insensitive ass shit about women. Um, and he said having a vagina does not qualify you as being uh, a candidate for the presidency and i was like bruh that was not a good move <laughs> like that won't no that won't no good move bro that that just won't good and then you know later on there were some things that just made me go like what so killer mike um basically uh went on the i think the now disbanded if if it's not well i don't know the um formally hopefully formally um existent nra channel um and he went on there and had like the stupidest conversation with the host of this nra show and i was just like bro i'm just not feeling this like i'm not feeling this and i'm like i just need to step away from killer mike right now <laughs> i just need to step away from this nigga and um you know i think time here's the thing this is why you don't cancel niggas okay you don't cancel people okay because they don't mean shit I didn't cancel him. You don't. I, I did. I don't. I don't do the canceling thing. By the way, I was just like, let me take a break from Killer Mike because I'm not necessarily liking where he is right now. And so I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> Around the time our uh, Run the Jewels three came out, I was just like, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of good. I'm gonna chill out on this for a little bit. Then I kind of, you know, hop back. You know, finally I hop back on here, and um, this album basically was the catalyst for getting me back. It helped get me back in the mood for some Run the Jewels. And um, honestly, the 2020 election helped in a different way. Um, really, I think the fact that he had part in really galvanizing people with Stacey Abrams, but more, let's be, let's be very fucking honest, Stacey Abrams was the individual behind this. Okay, the individual, like the individual that was strongly behind the reason why Georgia turned so blue, um, and Killer Mike was also out there helping with Stacey Abrams to do what he did. So, um, you know, I was like, all right, man, you you got me back, you want me back, but it was before that, like it was. It was around the time RTJ4 came out, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to probably give this one a listen. I'm probably going to, like, do this one the day it comes out. And I did. <laughs> I was a little late. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, better late than never. And um, I was, a, like, like I said, I've been a really big fan of them, and I've listened to every single project they've had. So, um, on that note, um, I've lifted my band because... I think Killer Mike is, I'm cool with him now. Who knows any, any time forward, but right now, I'm cool with him. I'm cool with him. I'm cool with him. I'm cool with him. Okay. <laughs> I'm cool with him. Anyway, because um, I'm a progressive too, and but but maybe not like along the lines of what kind of, anyway. Um, so let's get into the album. So this album has a lot of powerful lines in it, like a lot of really good political lines in it and and some 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 parts of these are personal some parts of these are metaphorical some things deal with money certain things deal with personal family issues certain things just kind of like it's 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 this it's this it plays off of this pairing of like this odd couple you know 
as it has before in the past three. But the Yankee and the Brave narrative to me is something that could be a full-fledged TV show in which I think they've kind of started doing that, um, which is hella fucking interesting. Like, I'm looking forward to a Yankee and the Brave TV show. Like, that's something I need in my life. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like track listing, let's go through it, man. Like, Yankee and the Brave episode four. It's like we're in the middle of the show. Just chilling. In the middle of the show, you know. Um, Yankee and the Brave episode four right and the drums come out hard as fuck like <laughs> beat break you know just mm, you know ah just hard lines from michael render <laughs> and jamie maline <laughs> you know them niggas just hey it's just it's just grimy ass <laughs> fucking eclectic production from LP, and I like how the production is tighter on this album. The album is shorter; it's about thirty minutes long. It's only about eleven tracks. You know, it, it's it's a tighter version of RTJ3. Um, I love this album, but is it my favorite Run the Jewels album? I'm not sure yet. I, only time will tell. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a lot of really like good singles on here. Like Ooh La La to me is one of those singles that you can play everywhere and it has a great sample from greg nice and dj premier and you know dj premier does scratches at the end if you don't know what the sample is com that comes from you are not a hip-hop person <laughs> because it comes from dwick which is a hip-hop classic if you don't know how dwick goes greg and i greg greg and i Greg N I Greg Greg N I C E like if you don't know that song go slap yourself in the face you need to know Dwick that is a song you need to know as a hip hop head I'm <laughs> just telling you if you if you want to know anything more about hip hop go listen to Gangstar go listen to Nice and Smooth go do your homework anyway so because I know a lot of Run the Jewels fans really aren't hip hop fans like that they're like well there are a lot of them that don't necessarily listen to hip hop like that they just like the brashness of them and i'm like yeah but i love it because it's 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 the hip-hop we need like it's 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 hip-hop that could transcend languages you know it's 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 it's, it's political narratives but it also is in your face short eclectic back and forth good writing tight like really packed neatly for your pleasure <laughs> like a sex toy anyway let me stop so <laughs> um out of sight has a really great sample um from the silvers that has been used many times before if you you've definitely heard this before if you heard any west coast hip-hop from the 90s you've definitely heard this before um so out of sight has a verse with two chains on it i'm not necessarily a fan of that verse by two chains um but I do like the production from LP. I like how he flips this this silver sample, and I, I really like, um, was it Misdemeanor? Misdemeanor. Misdemeanor by the Silvers. God, I love that song. Oh, I love that song. By the way, I I think the Silvers are one of the most underrated. Like they they were basically like the the, the poor man's Jackson Five, because Foster Silvers was nothing but Michael. Like he was basically Michael Jackson. Anyway, that's too much nerdery for your ass. But yes, um, great fucking sample. Holy Kalamafuck. Oh my god. Okay, so Holy Kalamafuck has two beats, right? Um, you know, the first beat is like heavily, in, like it has a sample, basically a reggae sample. 
and the beat gets even harder <laughs> like once we get to the beat flip there's a beat flip nigga the beat ain't the, the song ain't even four minutes and there's a beat flipping the motherfucker you gotta love it it's 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 the great thing about about fucking uh, fucking running jewels man it, it's like they tightly pack it it's well done like as as always so goonies versus et might be one of the weaker songs on the album but that's not saying a lot because the album is full of just really well done songs so i'm gonna get into lyrics later by the way so i'm just running through the track list as we go the strongest songs or the strongest lyrics i will read from a great article that basically are like yeah i agree with these um so yeah goonies versus et yeah that was probably one of the weaker ones but still like it was it was still fucking fire like so walking in the snow <laughs> has a really good like refrain from gangsta boo which uh you know <laughs> i just got done walking in the snow i said damn that motherfucker cold god damn that motherfucker cold and hey that motherfucker cold that's all i got to say man <laughs> i like how they've used gangsta boo um and honestly um run the jewels has had frequent collaborators along the way you know basically they've had trina you know um gangsta boo zach de la roca of course right so um <laughs> of course getting into just money um or just as it's stylized with a money symbol going through it so i say just money because if you listen to the song you would say oh just money um but yeah, it has a really good hook with Pharrell Williams and Zach De La Roca just putting the exclamation point on it. Like, look at all these slave masters posting on your dollar. Like, I just love Zach De La Roca's voice. Like, I love Range Against the Machine too, so that I'm biased. So <laughs> I'm biased as fuck. So everything Zach De La Roca does, I'm like, this motherfucker's amazing. His verse is fucking dope as shit. I'm just seeing him like, bruh, like... <laughs> What what more what more do you want from me? Like this album, oh, it hits so hard and it just stays at your neck. And I love how like each song is just snapping into the next. I mean, never look back. <laughs> never look back. Like that song is just a nice bounce back. It's just a nice bounce back into like somewhat of a wavy existence throughout this album. Like it's it flows really really smoothly and there's never a lull in this album it just slap slap bang bang smack 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 that's kind of the nature around the jewels though they just slap you in the face because they know you have add and they're like nah just fucking get you get this banger you get this slap or you get this hanger you get this manga you get this whole thing bow ain't tangler uh ring rank wrong all over the place right and you know you get <clears throat> all types of just wild fucking like the ground you get the ground below um and then after that you get pulling the pin which has mavis staples if you're not familiar with mavis staples we talking about the staple singers like and and i love how her feature is just powerful and it and it and it interweaves so well with the production and it's it's kind of like a, a bit futuristic for maybe what Mavis Staples is even used to, but it works. Josh Ohm adds adds a little bit of texture as well. I like the I like the I, I just like how well produced 
and and brash still this song is you know the ground below is like a really strong like rock interlude to me but it's it's like two minutes or 30. it's like an extended interlude for me but a few words for the firing squad almost becomes an orchestral piece to close out the album and a few words for the firing squad has some of the more intricate and intimate more personal lyrics from both lp and killer mike on this album and it ends with a beautiful beautiful reintroduction to of course the possibility of us having a yankee and the brave television show i think a yankee and the brave cartoon is definitely something we need and it needs to be on adult swim (laughs) okay yankee and the brave on adult swim give it to me now give it to me fucking now okay this is album of the year (laughs) <laughs> like this this is album of the year okay but before i say that before i get into that let's go over the like my favorite lyrics from this album because basically all of them are in this article so it's from pace magazine um so you motherfucker ain't this some shit so hold up hold up hold up hold up i'll be right back all right here we go the most searing the eight most searing lyrics on Run the Jewels RTJ4. So, the first lyric is I got one round left, a hundred cops outside. <laughs> I could shoot them at one, I could shoot at them or point, put one between my eyes. Chose the latter, it don't matter, it ain't suicide. And if the news says it was, that's a goddamn lie. Now, this is more of those like going down in the blades of glory it's more metaphorical it's not him literally okay maybe it is <laughs> like here's here's an excerpt of how they explain it one of killer mike's verses on the album's opening track illustrates a sad reality that our criminal justice system is so deeply flawed that many minorities particularly black people would rather die by their own volition than face a system that is so historically stacked against them it's also addressed how the media is ill-equipped to frame instances of police brutality nigga when i say The crooked copper got the dropper. I put lead in his eye. Plus, we heard he murdered a black child, so none of us cried. Nigga. I'm t- I'm, nigga, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And by the way, if you want to know any kind of context, if you ever listen to Re- Rebellious Africans People music, you would know that Killer Mike's father was a cop. And that adds so much context to everything. Like Freddie Gibbs, you hear this nigga talking shit about the cops all the time, right? That's really only for like the crooked ones and the bad ones and shit, you know, because his dad was a cop, too. It's crazy. It's funny how you hear those kind of lines with people who actually had very close relatives who were cops. Just interesting to me. Um, so from Ooh La La, best line. When we talk, we like Kalishnikov. Keep us in your thoughts. Like so super simple, super simple. LP's first verse on Ooh La La is meticulously rhythmic as he fires off internal rhymes and sharp wordplay. And this line likens his rapid delivery to an automatic rifle while also tipping his hat to the ridiculous 
empty statements provided by politicians after rampant gun violence. Ain't this some shit? Ain't this some shit? <laughs> like, bruh. Okay. Cues to the evening news. Make sure um, you ill-advised. Got you celebrating the generators of genocide. Any good deed is pummel is pump punished and penalized. Rulers of the world will slice it up like dinner pie. Goonies versus E.T. That's the best line on that song, by the way. That, that's that's the best line on that song. Good God almighty. <laughs> but nigga. Nigga, like... <sighs> cues to the evening news. Make sure you're ill-advised. Got you celebrating the generators of gen... You know what? I ain't even I ain't even gonna rewind it. Okay, rewind that shit. <laughs> I rewinded it a lot. So this song is from Walking this this line's from Walking in the Snow. Um and you so numb watch the cops choke out a man like me until my voice goes from a shriek to a whisper, I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most you gives a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy man and and this this placates into a lot of twitter activism right because i mean killer mike is really out here doing that activist shit he's been doing this shit for quite some time now i mean he is a product of ralph abernathy so if you know who ralph abernathy is you should know where his politics line he's from atlanta georgia come on now so um this is another line from Walking in the Snow. All of, all of us serve the same masses. All of us nothing but slaves. Never forget in the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. <laughs> oh, God. But, but this is like one of my favorite lines, period. Just us ducks sitting here. This is from Just. Just Money. Just us ducks sitting here. Where murderous chokehold cops still earning and living. Funny how some say money don't matter. That's rich now, isn't it? Get it? <laughs> Nigga. Nigga. Ah, oh, comedy. So, um, look at all these slave nashes posing on your dollar. Anyway, so um, another one is these guys have a better chance of killing each other than beating the odds a few words for the firing squad so basically that line has to do with the actual narrative that is for yankee and the brave because them two niggas they probably they probably really don't like each other like that but they're brothers and i, I see that as their relationship and how how they pretty much have been been this odd couple for what now seven eight years now so uh yeah it's it's been quite a ride, and um, this album gets a broke the cowbell. This album is perfect. This album is damn near, like, it's phenomenal. It's album of the year. It might be the album of the year. Um, but it, it has broke the cowbell. It's a five out of five, okay? I, what, what, am I, what else am I going to say? Like, this album is greatness, okay? it It is, like, I didn't review some of the other albums I have for album of the year, but it's... It's up there with them. It's up there with them all, man. And the fact that this one was not even nominated, oh, oh, it wouldn't, right? It's too political and they wouldn't understand it, right? This album is the best to me. It is the pinnacle, the peak, the precipice of greatness. <laughs> nigga, nigga, it's great. So um, on that note, hope y'all like this shit. Toodles. <laughs> 
stay tuned for any Fappington Rex musicologies coming down the pipeline, any other spinoff shows on the Carolina Kid Podcast Network, and listen to my main podcast, the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired. And as always, thank you. <laughs>